0: It's good to be with you today in the house of the Lord, and I'm afraid, you know, when we have this day like savings, I'm always afraid. Right when I say the benediction, we're going to have more people coming in to church. <laughs> but I hope it won't be that way. We have been doing a study on a section of the Psalms known as the Psalms of Ascent. And today I would like you to turn with me to Psalm 133. We're concluding our study in this wonderful section, and I pray that it has been beneficial to you. But this is a great psalm about unity among believers. Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Hallelujah. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Just before I go on, I want to say I appreciate the wonderful worship we had today. God bless all of those who were up here leading, and Brother Chase, I appreciate your selection of songs. You know, I love when worship teams put in one of the great hymns of the church. The reason is that those who have been believers for many years, they know those songs, and they're able to sing it from the depths of their heart. You know, it's interesting, and I've uh, told other worship teams, you know, on the radio, many times there will be a station that says, today we're playing songs from the 80s, our songs from the 70s. You know, we came to the Lord at different decades of life. And the songs that we sang when we first came to the Lord, those are registered within us. And I think it's so great when worship teams can choose some of the old songs as well as the classic hymns, as well as new songs. The Bible says to sing new songs unto the Lord. But when you can have a wonderful uh, diversity of the songs, it causes everyone to sing. You know, I've been in so many churches where uh, worship teams will get up and they will sing all brand new songs and the congregation stands there without singing because how can you sing if you don't know the song? It just It's common sense. You need to have songs that people know and can enter in and I uh, thank God for the wonderful worship we had this morning, the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. There's, when you have old songs and new songs, it just causes all of us to be able to enter in and worship the Lord. So I thank you, Brother Chase, for that. The blessing of unity. If there's one thing which God, our Heavenly Father, hates, it's to see his children divided, disunified, fighting over doctrines or interpretation of the Bible, or church traditions. You know, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, verse 19, there are seven detestable sins listed there. And the seventh one is this, a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Now, any of you who are parents or grandparents, the thing that you hate to see are brothers and sisters fighting. I mean, it just destroys the harmony, the joy of the home. Amen? Amen. And I think our Heavenly Father gets so upset when He looks down in the church and sees people fighting, sometimes over trifles. I've heard people have a church split over what color they've going to paint the walls of the church or over the hymn book the color of the carpet silly things you know paul writes in 1 corinthians chapter 1 verse 10 i appeal to you brothers in the name of our lord jesus christ that all of you agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you, and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. Boy, that's quite a verse. And in Romans chapter 15, verses 5 through 6, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the interesting thing about the New Testament is that as you read the letters that Paul wrote to the various churches, they weren't perfect churches. In fact, the church at Corinth had some real problems In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, Paul writes this, For I am afraid that when I come to you, I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, factions, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. That's quite a description of a church, isn't it? You'd think that it'd be far different. But what a contrast when we read about the church as it began from the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 34, it says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared. Everything they had, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them. There there were no needy persons among them. What a difference. You know, that first few days and months of the early church, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They loved one another and they met the needs of each other. Well, what causes division in the church? Historically, it has to do with the following. First of all, many times it has to do with different divisions following a man, a preacher, and saying, well, my preacher's better than your preachers. And Paul addresses this when he speaks about those who were following Peter, those who were following Apollos, those who were following himself, and then you had the super-spiritual ones who said, I don't follow anybody, only Jesus. But you know, you can still have the same divisive spirit with that type of attitude, amen? God has placed us into a family of faith. We are brothers and sisters. We need to realize we're On the same team down through the ages sad to say there have been such contentions and fighting and quarrels over two ordinances of the church that should bring people together and that was communion now you think about that communion taking of the Lord's body these emblems of his suffering and yet those even today, still have great contention over what does it mean, how should it be done, what does it represent, and Christians fight over those things. The second one is water baptism. Should you dunk them or sprinkle them? You know, we need to be so careful. Yes, you can hold on to what you believe is the true interpretation But we need to remember this, what Jesus said in John 13, 35. By this, all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And we need to realize that. It's not if we agree on what type of communion or what type of worship song should be sung or this or that. We're to love one another. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, in a sense, we're all of the blood of Christ. Amen. Spiritually speaking, we're all brothers and sisters. And quarrels in the church, they're so devastating, especially to young people. And that's what I want to say to you, because most of you today, you are mature Christians. But if you want to see this church have young people and children, they need to see you loving one another. Children pick up very quickly when there's tension, when there's fightings, when people are at odds with one another. It's interesting that even during the opening of our American West, that one of the great chiefs, as missionaries were starting to come to preach to the Native Americans, Chief Joseph says, We do not want churches because they will teach us to quarrel about God. Think about that statement. and That's the truth. Sometimes on the reservations there would be different denominations and they would be fighting among themselves, running down the other Christians. God forbid. And you know, it's sad because I've met Christians who, they will speak so despairingly of other Christians who may be of a different persuasion. You know, we basically believe what we have been taught. Amen? If you grew up in a Methodist church, you're going to believe that doctrine. If you grew up as a Baptist, you're going to believe that doctrine. Assembly of God, Catholic, whatever it may be. That's registered within us. And the last thing that God, our Heavenly Father, wants us to be doing is fighting and running down one another. Amen? You know, if there's disagreements, we should sit down with an agreeable spirit and go over what we feel and compare ideas and thoughts. In Psalm 133, which we have read, there are six blessings named which accompanies Christians living in unity. First of all, there's goodness. Unity makes good people. It produces good fruit and virtues. There's good interaction there's good environment. and That's why it's wonderful when I hear you having ladies' fellowship and men's fellowship when we can get together and enjoy each other's company. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. You know the wonderful thing about it, we need to get acquainted down here so that when we get up to heaven we'll know one another. And people are waiting for us there and we'll be waiting for each other as we arrive. Disunity produces a bitterness, an angry, criticizing, and condemning spirit in the church. And like I said, when that is going on, you can walk into a service and you feel that. It's something that causes a deadness to take place. Secondly, unity produces pleasantness. It creates a church that is welcoming and accepting where people enjoy attending. Amen. You know, people don't come to church to see a fight, to get into a quarrel. They're trying to leave that out in the world. They're coming to the church to find peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need to cultivate that. A lost person doesn't want to attend a troubled church. And a person can truly sense when things are not right. Thirdly, that psalm speaks about an anointing resting on a unified church for service. It speaks about the holy anointing oil coming upon the consecrated individual. And, friend, when you are right with God and right with your neighbor, the Holy Spirit can put his anointing upon you. He can use you for his honor and glory. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And only a unified church can truly be used to reach the lost and glorify the Lord. The oil spoken of here is symbolic of the Holy Spirit being in our midst and in our lives. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of unity, of brotherhood, of love, of communion, of peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know, as we were having worship here, I just sensed in my heart and I'm speaking this by faith, but I, sense, I believe this church is on a verge of a real revival. And what I mean that, you know, this church in the past has been used mightily. You have a tremendous history of reaching the lost and this place being filled. I believe God is going to do it again. I really believe that you've been praying for the right pastor to come. And I believe when that man comes, God is going to multiply this congregation. Hallelujah. He's going to revive the work in the midst of the years. Hallelujah. You know, it speaks of that oil rolling down upon Aaron's body, the anointing, and it reaches every member of the congregation. Hallelujah. Uh, It starts with the elders, and it goes all the way down into the nursery. You know, even the babies, they can sense when there's happiness in the church. Amen? They'll want to come. They'll want to get in that nursery. Amen? Children will want to come to Sunday school and get involved. It speaks as well about the dew of heaven. And you know, dew, it speaks of refreshing. It speaks of growth, of watering of bringing forth a bountiful harvest. That's what we want. Hallelujah. We want to see souls saved. Amen. We want to see lives changed, the water of the Holy Spirit. Fifthly, God's blessing brings joy. That word blessed means happy. Amen. God blesses us. He gives us His true joy and happiness. And I don't know about you, we need happiness today. Amen. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And out in the world, I I can't believe what's going on anymore. I I was just um, in the political realm, the the fighting and the hatred that's going on, and it's it you know that it trickles down into the whole population. Friend It's time for Christians to stand up and to have the joy of the Lord. Amen? Amen. To show the joy of the Lord that there's a difference, that Christ makes a difference, that we can love our enemies. Amen? Hallelujah. They can be cursing at us and we can say, God bless you. I'm praying for you. How can I help you? Hallelujah. To turn this thing around. Lastly, unity produces eternal life. Life. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have abundant life. Amen. And there's something exciting about life. It's thrilling. And we need to see that revival, that resurgence of life in this congregation. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. A lively church, alive in Christ. And you know, you really can't be a follower of Christ if you disassociate yourself from Christ and his church and his people. And sad to say, even in the early church, there can there were some divisive people. Paul writes to Titus in Titus chapter three verses, 10 through 11, warn a divisive person once and then warn him a second time. After that, have nothing to do with him. You may be sure that such a man is warped and sinful and he is self-condemned. You know, if in the local church there's an individual who's trying to divide and cause problems... They need to be addressed. Sometimes churches allow this to go on, and it can divide a church and cause great problems. But after the second admonition, that man needs or that woman needs to know, hey, enough of this. There's the exit door, friend. Amen? There's a time that we have to say no more. Enough is enough. And the way to do that is just stop listening to them. When they start, just say, hey, that, that's garbage talk, and walk away. Amen. Because we're here to be united. You know, it's a funny thing. Sometimes in a the family, they can fight among themselves, but don't let the outsider get involved. Don't let them put it down. <laughs> then we, we band together, don't we? But we need to have that love for one another. And we need to grow in that love. You know, keeping the spirit of unity in our church, it's not always the easiest thing to do. Someone wrote, to live above with saints we love. Oh, that will be glory. To live below with saints we know. Well, that's a different story. (laughs) Thing about it, is that we need to realize this. None of us are perfect. Amen? We make mistakes. Sometimes we say things that might hurt another one, even unknowingly. But the thing about it, if we do, be quick to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? I I didn't even mean it. Sometimes people hear things and we didn't mean to express that thought in such a way. We need to be quick to forgive, to say, I'm sorry, to make amends. Even Jesus said, Remember, he said, if you come to the worship service and you're ready to make an offering to the Lord, but you remember that you're at odds with your brother, go out first be reconciled to your brother, and then come back and worship God with your offering. And I think there is a great truth there. Your Heavenly Father wants you to be in a right relationship with others in the congregation. Amen? God forbid that people come to church and they sit way over on one side, and they said, I'm not going over on that other side. There's that brother or that sister, and I'm still angry at them. And you say, well, how come you're angry at them? Well, I don't remember right now. It's, it's been a long time, but I'm still angry at them. You know, we get so foolish, don't we? Today is the day to forgive and ask for forgiveness and to become one in the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Cultivate that attitude of cooperation. We are workers together with God, workers for God. You know, it's so important for us to remember a great saying by one of the early Christian reformers, Philip Melanchthon, He said this, in necessary things, unity, in doubtful things, liberty, in all things, charity, in all things, charity. Christians may not see eye to eye, but they can walk arm in arm. Amen. We're all children of one heavenly Father. We're all heading to the same place. And we may have different interpretations. We may worship God in different ways. But friend, if Jesus Christ is your Savior, you're my brother. You're my sister. And we are to work together. It's so important. You know, I would like us just to bow our heads right now. Lord, I pray that you will unify this group of believers so that when they pray, Lord, there will be such power in their prayers. God, we pray right now for the right pastor to come to this church Lord, we're praying for a revival of this church, of this work. Lord, we're asking that you are going to do a mighty miracle. And Lord, when that pastor arrives, that there will be such unity and agreement behind him that this church will go forward in such a mighty way that others would sit up and take notice, that many souls might come in and truly be saved. Blessed, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for the faithfulness of these people who have stayed by this church and who have not left during this time. Bless them for their faithfulness. Keep them unified, I pray, O oh Lord. Give wisdom unto the pulpit committee, Lord, provide this church with a loving pastor, with a pastor who has a pastor's heart, oh God, who would just minister from people of all ages, from the oldest to the youngest. Lord, multiply this church because it is unified in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless these people. Thank you, Lord, for all of your goodness. In Jesus' precious name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day in the Lord.